Hey, all you beautiful souls, and welcome to the Eat, Pray, Slay podcast. My name is Shalane Carter. I'm your host. I'm also a personal trainer, yoga teacher, meditation guide, and spiritual leader. This podcast is the perfect convergence of all things health, wellness, yoga, and spirituality, and really learning to break through limitations and open yourself and your spirit up to receiving all the abundance the universe has to offer. Each week, along with myself and many other awesome guests, you'll begin to expand your knowledge and insight on how to level up and step into your highest self. Are you ready? Let's do this. Well, hello again. Welcome back to the Eat, Pray, Slay podcast. I'm your host, Shalane Carter, and I am sitting down today to write down I really wrote down the other day 20 things that I had learned in 2020, and I thought it would be fun to share it on here with you guys. Um, Because this is has definitely been a year of learning for everyone, really. I cannot think of one person that's like, damn, I have really learned nothing this year at all about anything. Um, So let's just dive straight in because number one is to slow down. I think so many of us have been taught to actually slow down. For me, I know that I I for sure was very cognizant of, you know, taking rest and stuff like that, especially with my history in, in bodybuilding and stuff like that, how important and imperative rest was. But until you're really forced to slow down, um, I don't think you actually have the awareness of what the repair process, what's happening during rest, like that repair process. Um, so one, slow down. Shit will still be there tomorrow. Nobody gets a badge for being any busier than anybody else. Nobody at the end of their life is like, oh, thank God I was so busy my whole life and I never rested. No, nobody says that. Um, which brings me to number two, being present. Um, it really taught me that you know, especially being home with kids, I, I don't know if that magnified it for me, but my kids, when I'm recording this now, are 10 and, and almost 12, and their childhood and their innocence of is kind of starting to slip away a bit. Um, I'm seeing it every day. And this childlike innocence, this curiosity is still there. It's still lingering, and it still lingers in all of us. But this kind of wanting to grow up is there. And so this time really allowed me to be present for those moments. And honestly, again, when you slow down and you're not always trying to think about what's coming next, what's in the future, your to-do list, or what's happened in the past and really, um, you know, marinating on that, you're actually able to be present. And I found myself actually feeling more joy this year, despite all that was going on, um, than I probably have ever felt. It's because I didn't wish for things to be any different. Um, I just accepted them as they were. And every day I took steps forward towards things that lit me up. Um, So number three is listening without responding. Huge, huge thing I think this year for so many of us. It has been actually listening. um, Even if we aren't aware that that's a lesson that we learned. This year has really brought to light so many dualities for so many people and triggered so many people, these deep rooted unhealed traumas that are not ours, but are of generations past that we are currently living and brewing in really. Um, When we look at the Black Lives Matter movement of this year, 
a lot of the hurt that come from the black community, but also the lack of awareness that comes from the white community are both traumas, both things that have been taught and both things that have happened generations and and centuries, honestly, ago that are still very present today. And so this year has really taught me to just listen to people hear them out. They're, nobody, just because they share their opinion, just because they're sharing something that's different, doesn't change your truth. It doesn't change your reality. Doesn't, But it allows you to be open to the perception of people live differently than you. And when you're open to that, you are open to more love. Because, because if you can love somebody else, even if they're different from you, that that is true, empathetic, unbiased love. Um. The fourth thing is that income is always creatable. (laughs) And um, I know this will probably ruffle some people's feathers, but if you want to make money, if you want to be the receiver of money, there is always a way. Always. No, no, not with the exception of just you, not with the exception of just, you know, the person who got laid off. Like it is always there. I have seen and watched people, the ingenuity and that some people have all of a sudden like, and to it, it was almost as permission to explore other ideas of how income can be generated and created. Um, I know for myself, I was like, when I really looked at what I did, you guys, like the amount of streams of revenue, um, it's crazy. I think I have, let's see, I, I broke it down. I think I have like four or five of just things that I know that I could do to, to make money. Things that I know that I'm like, okay, this is something I'm good at. This is something that people want. I'm feeling the need here. I could do that, sell that service, sell that. I like, I was selling chakra bracelets and all sorts of things, not because part of it, because I wanted a creative outlet is how it started, is I wanted to just create something like it felt good. And then I recognized that I was like, oh, I'm feeling a need here, right? So really looking at income, can always be created. There will always be needs. You have gifts that fills a gap for somebody. Lean into those gifts and then find the people that need them. Um, Number five, nobody cares as much about you as you. Nobody. Nobody is as critical. Nobody is as judgmental. Nobody tells the stories. Nobody... um, Nobody is probably ever thinking about this is I see, I saw this a lot when I was doing a lot of like personal training and, and teaching a lot of yoga. Um, everybody being so concerned that other people were watching them on the gym floor. I was like, I'm gonna tell you a little secret. They're not watching you because they're so busy worrying about what they look like for themselves. Like you think like when you post on social media about your business or anything like that, what other people are going to think the reality is they don't really like it. They just fucking scroll past. They don't really care. It is only you that's creating that story. So if you can create that story that all these other people are so concerned about what you're doing and you're going to be offending people or, you know, this is going to rub people the wrong way, you can also create the story that I'm living my truth and I'm accepting those into my life who are here for that. I'm accepting those into my life who need my services and are going to build community together and we're going to collaborate. I'm not interested in the people who who aren't interested in what I'm sharing. 
and I don't mean that in a bad way, not that you're not listening, not that you're not being empathetic and open, but you're not concerning yourself with the opinions of others, right? What's the saying? The, the lion doesn't concern himself with the opinions of sheep, right? Like everyone is their own lion. Stop giving a fuck about the sheep. Um, number six, it is okay for people to not agree with you. Again, it doesn't deny your truth just because somebody has a different one. If we look at the way in which people have lived for centuries, even just now in our lifetime from country to country, the way in which people live, religion, um, belief systems, the way like even like dietary habits, uh, hygiene habits, all those things. And you know what? We're all still fucking living. There are successful people all over the world. Which means that there is no one way to do anything. And so, it's okay. It is, again, it is okay. Who who really cares? Why does it matter so much about what your mom's going to think? Or what about what, you know, your, your neighbors are going to see? Oh, all the moms from, from my kid's soccer team. Well, if you're doing things that you're ashamed of, or you feel shame around... Either A, it's a limiting belief, it's something that is not true, it's something that has been programmed to for you to feel shame around something because it benefits somebody else, or B, it doesn't feel like your truth, which is why you feel shame. But if it's really your truth and it feels good to you, you're just so concerned about what other people are going to say, you're creating an imbalance in your solar plexus, your imbalance in your sacral chakra, your connection to others. This connection to self, your solar plexus, and connection to others, your sacral, is so imperative. But when we're always giving our power away to other people, there's no way to have internal balance. Number seven, connect with nature, even if it's indoor plants. You guys, it was so interesting to watch as things unfolded um, since March. The amount of people that were growing their own gardens, doing, you know, getting a lot of houseplants and stuff like that. What's funny is um, nature grounding is an exercise I give to a lot of my clients where you put your feet. It's also called earthing as well, if you're familiar with that, but you put your feet on soil, on dirt, on grass, (coughs) excuse me, Um, because you are an, an electromagnetic being. And so basically you are discharging, um, your energy back into the earth, you're creating balance. And when you bring, it's good for the root chakra. The root chakra is safety and security, right? And so when shit feels, you know, unknown, when your career feels unstable, when your home life, things like that that create the feelings of safety and security start to disassemble, right? And there feels uncertainty around it. It was so interesting. People naturally, intuitively bought plants. Guys, it, it, I mean, it was dressed up as like a, a way to, you know, decorate your home. But really, it's interesting that there would be such a mass consumption of indoor planting and kind of these gardening tools, everybody redoing their yards and things like that. You want to know why? Because, we, again, this is our inner knowing. And if you take nothing else from this podcast, I want you to take away this. Look at the way that we just behaved. There was feelings of uncertainty. 
We felt insecure in our livelihood, in our family dynamics, within our country. Our root chakra was fucked up. And the first thing we did without even realizing it, our intuitive knowing, go get toilet paper. What do you think the root chakra controls? Your bathroom, bathroom muscles, your uh, constitution controls your legs. So this this uh, uh, cocoa doesn't uh, doesn't have anything to, doesn't really affect your your you shitting. But here we are buying all the toilet paper. Interesting. I've talked about this in a, in another podcast episode. So if you want more on that, you can go there. But then also we automatically went to plants. We knew what we needed to do to balance our root chakras. This is why I cannot preach this enough to listen to your own fucking body. It knows. Get outside. Connect with nature. These are the, the times when you will actually feel the most alive, the most secure, the, the most connected to one another, the most at peace with who you are. Number eight, your perception shapes your reality. So, hello. I couldn't tell you. I don't know how... I mean, honestly, unless you've lived under a rock, I don't know if how else you cannot see that. Again, it kind of goes back to everybody sees things differently. Recently, uh, a friend of ours got this VR set, this virtual reality set. And so we all played it. And um, you become so engulfed and immersed in this virtual reality experience, you start to disassociate with your physical surroundings. Isn't that interesting that just what you're observing with your eye tricks your brain into thinking that it's real? It was such a lesson on, again, the lens in which we view our lives. If you view your life through the lens of victimhood, why do you think you feel like a victim? If you view the lens through that you're always sick, it's always happening to you, why do you think it always happens to you? If you view the lens that you are lucky, that opportunity is always coming your way. Why do you think those people are always fucking lucky? It's because their lens of perception colors their entire world that way. So shifting the lens of perception to paint the reality that you want. Number nine, hug people every damn day. We need human touch. In fact, human touch has been physically proven by science to be more effective in pain management and hospice care than a lot of pain medication. It's not our job to, to relieve those people of uncomfortable feelings because it makes it easier for us. Our job is to support one another, create community. And yes, I am telling you to hug, have fucking physical contact with people. We are pack animals, we thrive together. This is why the power of prayer has been studied and it has been shown over and over again to have massive effect. And all people are doing is praying. This is why, so if you've ever had a, an in-person healing session with me, I hug you for at least eight seconds before I let you leave. <laughs> um, we, it, it's why it feels so good. Physical touch is necessary for us. Number 10, you always know your body best. Listen to it. Again, we've already talked about how our, our root chakra at the beginning of this year was off balance. And intuitively, we already gravitated towards those things. 
it's interesting because so often we deny our physical body. Like if something doesn't feel right, if something doesn't seem like something's off, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you have to, it's going to be mandatory. Mandatory for what? If it affects my health and it doesn't feel right to me, I am a sovereign fucking being. You don't have the authority to dictate what I do and do not do to my body. Also, if my body is saying that, hey, you know, something's off. I can't quite put my finger on it. All the tests have been done and they're like, no, you're fine. Don't be afraid to investigate. Don't be afraid to, you know, read on other forms of medicine besides what's just given to you from a doctor, from a Western perspective, from, you know, anybody, really. Read, do research, and do research on more than one point of view. Listen to your body. If it's nudging you that you need, you need something or you don't need something, listen. Number 12. 11, sorry. It's important to move, but it's also important to rest. Especially right now, I'm recording this the day after the great conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn, um, as we stepped into the age of Aquarius yesterday. Um, and Aquarius being an air sign, it, it's f- quick moving, right? If you think about wind, there's so much space, like the ship moves fast. And so what we have already been seeing as this energy has been building over the past, it's been building now for quite some time. It's just kind of the pinnacle right now. Um, But we're seeing where this duality and and this, this like, you know, you can't be like the energy of the, the, the wounded masculine, right? This is, this is the hustle culture. This is the, you know, the people that work the hardest, get the most reward. Um, these are the people that, you know, don't cry. Don't be such a baby. Like feeling your feelings is, you know, for, oh, I've got some choice words, but anyways, um, don't get so far into one way that you can't see anything else. A practice for me that I really like is if it's something that I'm really interested in and I'm kind of like reading more, reading more, reading more, I always actually like to read like an opposing, an opposing idea about it, an opposing article about it, just so that I can zoom out. Don't get so immersed in things that you can't see both sides. And even in movement, I mean, and I've actually seen it, it what's so interesting is the people who get hurt the most are comp- people who are like bodybuilders who are competitive bodybuilders who all they live in is the masculine creating tension or people who are like hyper flexible um and really like have no like not uh, not hyper flexible um excuse me um who have no body awareness right so you have the people who are so hyper focused and the people who are not at all and so it's important to be able to stress the body out. It is important to put pressure. It is important to create some tension. It is also important on the flip side to do things that create relaxation, that create softness and surrender. When you do that, then you're able to listen to your guidance of, hey, I need more. There are times in my life where I needed to push more and there are times in my life where I needed to rest more. And honestly, there are the times where I needed to rest more, I recognize that because of our culture, it feels weird 
to rest. Why is that? Why do we feel guilty and shame around resting? Let's let's stop that right now. And let's move on to the next one. Number 12, fucking breathe. You guys, breath is literally our life force energy. You stop breathing, you stop living. We have also become so shallow breathers, such chest breathers, that our, that our nasal cavities are underdeveloped. Our soft palate on the roof of our mouth has not been formed properly over time. That's why we're having so many crowding issues with teeth and why we're, we've, over centuries, have developed these fucked up mouths that we think we all need braces for. Again, it's not, it's not necessarily because all of a sudden genes are weird. Um, when people pull up or um, when people have excavated full skeletals and they still have teeth intact, do you know their teeth are straight? Like centuries ago, caveman had straight teeth. You want to know why? Because they were nose breathers, deep belly breathers. Stood together right now. Inhale through the nose, feeling all the way from the belly, up through the chest, up through the clavicles. Exhale through the nose, chest, belly. Inhale through the nose, belly, chest, clavicles. Exhale through the nose, clavicles, chest, belly. Learning to close your mouth. Close your mouth when you breathe. In other um, cultures, mothers, when their babies were sleeping, would come by and close their lips. So they would learn to sleep with their mouths closed. It actually helped to create more strength through the upper palate and harden that tissue up there. It helped widen their nasal cavity so they would have enough room to breathe. It's become very collapsed. Breathe, you guys. Not only that, there's so many other um, benefits of breathing in for five seconds, out for five seconds. If you want a little reading on that, you can actually read Breath uh, by is it James Nestor. I'll try and link it in the show notes. Um, but it's an amazing book on not only the just breathing techniques, but also the history of our face, um, of the breath and, and things like that. So powerful for releasing energy as well. And what's interesting is we're storing more energy in our bodies now than we ever have before. We're also breathing more shallow than we ever have before. We don't fully expand or fully contract our lungs. So there's stale, stagnant air that stays in there. Number 13, you were born a whole sovereign being. You do not need to be separate from your pain in order to be whole. Um, I've talked about this many times. I think I even have a few posts on Instagram about it, but Western medicine, again, again, I have nothing. I think there is a, a space for Western medicine, but the way that Western medicine practices is to actually separate you from your pain. You feel pain, you feel uncomfortable, let me give you something. Let me give you a treatment, let me do something to resolve the pain. The only thing they're doing is pressing into the symptoms, alleviating those, but the root of the pain lingers. And I've talked about this before, the root of the pain is always an energetic imbalance, even cancer. The cell stops receiving messages from the host your body. It stops interpreting these messages. It goes rogue. And then because 
because nature is so fucking smart, its only job, its instinct for survival does not diminish just because it's not receiving information from the host. It does whatever it has to to survive. So it replicates, 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 right? When we separate ourselves from pain and from experience and from feeling, we separate ourselves from our whole sovereign being. We only take part of ourselves. We only accept part of ourselves. We are not only meant to feel happy and joyous and blissful. We are meant to feel a full range of emotions. That's why they're there. They're there to allow us to fully experience life. And when you separate yourself from things that are uncomfortable, you separate yourself from a full spectrum of experience. Eastern medicine, if you um, ever go to an... uh, a Chinese medicine like practitioner or anything like that, they ask you all sorts of questions. What was your home life life? Are you married? Do you, you know, how are you and your husband getting or partner getting along? You know, oh, you have kids. Oh, like all of this family history, not just, hey, give me your medical history of your family. Actually, what are your relationships like? What is your sleeping like? What do you normally eat? How often do you, you know, do you stay up late? Do you drink alcohol? Blah, blah, blah. How often do you, do? like, it is so deep and layered. Because there is a recognition that, again, it doesn't just manifest as a symptom. There is something deeper. Knowing that, knowing that if you cut yourself off from feeling pain or other things that are uncomfortable, now mind you, I understand if you break your leg and there's pain, right? We need to repair that. But where the problem comes in is, you know, thinking that you need to medicate yourself all the time and feel nothing, and that's when you need to come off painkillers. You know, maybe when pain is excruciating, that's when there's there's a time and a place. But then being the awareness of, I have a threshold. I'm also extremely, like, I can do things with diet and with herbs and things like that to actually help soothe a lot of the, the feelings. Where they can still be there, I can still recognize them, but they're not controlling my life. And also, back to number eight, your perception shapes your reality. So a lot of times our perception of things is a hell of a lot worse than what they actually are. Number 14, love and gratitude must be felt in order to give. Love and gratitude are not an experience we can learn from witnessing. Do you ever think about that? You cannot feel love for another being if you've never felt it. It's like my only way, and I'm sorry if you don't have, this could apply for for dog babies as well, but my best explanation is, and people will say this often, is until you have children, you don't understand the, the depth at which you can love. You can love your partner, and again, you can love your fur babies, and you do love them very, very much. But there is a level that you literally cannot tangibly understand until you have a child. And not to say that everybody needs to have that in order to feel deep love. They don't. I'm just saying as a a reference point. Unless you've actually felt love from another being, you cannot give it away because you don't know what it feels like. You haven't embodied that emotion. You haven't felt it within your body. Number 15. You can send someone love and still take no shit. Just because, you know, somebody 
you're like, you know what, they disagree with me, we're, you know, they're really pushing me, and, um, and maybe you've set some boundaries around, hey, like, I love you, but, you know, th- this doesn't really work for me. Um, this is kind of where, this makes me, you know, feel anxious, or it makes me feel these things, so, you know, I just, I can't do that, or whatever. And if they're pushing your boundary, you can still, again, set that hard line and still love them. It doesn't have to be an all-out war. A lot of times people hear boundary and they think like you need to have like, you need to have a coming to Jesus. No, it'd be simple. You'd be like, hey, I'll call you back when I get a second. I'm not sure when that will be. And if they're like, well, I really need you to call me back within the hour. You're like, I will call you back when I get a second. I'm not sure when that will be. I love you. (laughs) Number 16, community strengthens our immune system. Again, medical studies have actually shown that, um, I I can't remember, I gotta reference the study, I can't remember right offhand, but anyways, there was a study where they did with monkeys where they, one monkey had cancer and had been um, treated with radiation, chemotherapy, all that jazz put in with a perfectly healthy monkey. And I can't remember the time frame exactly, so I'm paraphrasing this study, but um, the monkey that was perfectly healthy within a few days had started to actually show signs of radiation within their body. They had started to show signs of deterioration. That rings true for us as humans as well. Do you ever feel like there's that one friend that always just like sucks the life out of you? You're like, I love you, but you are what I like to call an energy vampire. <laughs> like I just, uh, so much. It's always that person that has like all the drama and you're like, I just don't understand. You choose to keep doing these things, right? Who you surround yourself with can strengthen your immune system. Those that infuse their lives with love, that are kind, that are generous, that take care of their bodies, that are mindful of their words and how they speak and how they treat others, are mindful of what they're exposed to and consuming, are constantly trying to unlearn bad habits, patterns that they're like, this doesn't make me feel good. Surround yourselves with those people. It literally builds your immune system. Number 17, dogs can touch our souls. Mm. I'm reading a book on reincarnation right now and it kind of taps into the the realm of animals versus humans. And um, it's one of the greatest things that we can do as humans to um, help resolve uh, karma is to love an innocent. One that truly comes into this world doesn't have the same level of consciousness that you do. Love them, guide them, Share your life with them. Number 18, feel. Sensations are everything. One of the um, guest teachers in my yoga uh, teacher training in my 300 um, was Matthew Sanford. He is a yoga teacher that is wheelchair bound. And he didn't start yoga until he was in a wheelchair. (laughs) Um, And he can teach any able body person yoga. Not by giving them anatomical cues of, you know, straighten your leg, put your arm over here, da, da, da. But because yoga is truly a practice of sensation, you can say, feel, close your eyes, feel 
down through your heel like it's pressing out as you do this and he can direct you to what the sensation and feeling should be that's what it's about that's what our life is about our life is about truly feeling all that there is to offer and not being so concerned with how it gets there, right? Not being so concerned with the posture or the structure or, you know, the way the money comes to you, but knowing that I can feel this. I can feel grateful. I can feel, you know, all of the sensation and the feeling of gratitude even before this is why olympic athletes train and to visualize they can feel themselves winning before it ever happens they know what that feels like very very powerful the next one 19 almost done guys it is impossible to feel deep it is possible to feel deep connection through a screen and it's not something that I, I thought would uh, be possible. <laughs> um, but after going through the, I think we undervalue um, just sharing ideas, just connecting, just seeing people face to face. It's definitely not the same as hugging them in person. But just because we can't you know, be in person or just because something can't be the way it's always been traditionally, doesn't mean you still can't get great value out of something. I've learned so many things. I mean, I teach online. I do healing sessions virtually. And people afterwards are like, oh my gosh, my body feels so different. I can actually feel, you know, we would work on, on a trauma that was stored like in the hip or something like that. And I could feel the, the tightness and it was hindering the, the, the hip hinging, the impingement of the, the joint. And we worked through some, some traumas, some old trauma that's sitting in there. I got a message from my client afterwards. She's like, holy shit, my hip feels day and night different. It's literally so possible because we are truly are connected. We all tap into this consciousness and this awareness. It's always available to us. We just have been told that we're separate. And the last and final thing, 20 of 2020. I heard this quote and um, it literally was like a huge, huge fucking shift for me because um, he said this to his children before bed. And I was like, man, all I asked is, do you, do you brush your teeth? So he asked his kids, what's the meaning of life? To find your purpose. What's the purpose of life? To give it away. When you truly are searching for your purpose, you want to share it, right? When you find these things that really light you up, when you find these things that honestly you're like, I don't know why, but this just fascinates me. Look how cool this is and all these things. Keep that for yourself. It never really feels as fulfilling when you give it away, when you teach others, there's something so magnetic about those moments. That's when you truly feel like, fuck, this is my, this is it, right? What's the meaning of life? Find your purpose. What's the purpose of life? 
to give it away. I encourage you to write things that you have learned, things that you have grown, that you know that you've grown through, um, and ways in which 2020 has has left you changed. Change is, is good. It's the only constant in your whole life will be change. Snuggle up next to it. Get used to it. It's okay. I would love to hear about the things that you have learned. You can always take a screenshot of yourself listening to this episode, share it to your Instagram, and tag me, at Shalene Carter. Let me know what your biggest takeaway was. Or are you going to read the, the breath book that I recommended? Are you going to go hug people? Are you going to find the meaning of life, your purpose? Are you going to give it away? Sending you a big love. Love field eight second hug. I love you. I love you so much. Cheers. <laughs>